Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And, you know, I, I, I like... I like this, uh, you know, I like it. And I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic. I, I know media, I told you, um, the NLT, which is fine. You can find, you can keep it. I understand you, you're going to, you, you'll, here, look, let me, let me help you out right here. I'm going to go back to NLT. So Second Peter 1, we're going 3, 4, and 5. It says, that the title here says, Growing in Faith. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Right. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Precious promises, that is wonderful to know. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escapes the world's corruption caused by human desires. Verse 5 is the kicker. It says, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge self-control, and it keeps going on and on and on and on. It said, but God wants you to make every effort to respond to his promises. And when we talked last week, we need to make a better effort to respond to God's promises. Now, I'll ask you this question. It's the same question that, that, that God asked me. He's like, Dave, said, what if I told you I would never give you anything else ever again? Every prayer that you have will go unanswered. Said you, you could ask for blessings, but they wouldn't come. He said, would you continue to serve me? If you knew that you couldn't get anything from me, would you serve me? And he waited for my response. And I was like, yeah, Lord. Yeah, man, you ride or die. We there. Yeah, I'll serve you. He's like, really? If you couldn't get anything from me, you'd still serve me? Yes, Lord. I have a heart to serve you. My heart is here to serve you, Lord. And it sounded really good, but it wasn't very true. So because some of us as believers have that same experience with God every day. It's like, you know what, I only serve you, or I only look to you, or I only pray to you if I can get something from you. Yeah. And we truly don't have a heart to respond to him and yeah. his promises. Yeah. Yeah. So this, last week was nice, but here's the buildup. Because we have to develop a heart to actually serve God. Because without the heart to serve God, we can't receive from God. The pastor talked about, and he, he prays this um, very often, he said, I want to have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Well, you can't have the mind of Christ until you have the heart of Christ. Right. And we so often want his mind, but not his heart. So our response to him and those promises are superficial at best because we're asking with the wrong part of our being. We're expecting to receive with the wrong part of our being. And in turn, we receive nothing. So when we say, yes, Lord, I will respond to your promises. And that's why it says make every effort. Make every effort to respond properly to his, his promises. Like, Lord, you know what? 
I understand where you're going. So let's look at Philemon real fast. And we, we talked about Philemon last week. Philemon 1, verse 6. And I'll read this in King James for you. And it says, That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Said, I want you to make every effort to respond to my promises. Said, but I need you to start acknowledging and then communicating with your faith. It's one thing to acknowledge. Yes, I acknowledge that God is, is God. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that he is forever in heaven. I understand that. All of his promises are yes and amen. I acknowledge that I know that information. But is my faith communicating that same message? Because we come to church every Sunday, and we acknowledge those promises. We acknowledge what the Bible says. We, we do. We acknowledge it with our, with our emotion. We acknowledge it with our, with our, with our mouth. With, with some vocal sort of audio thing that we do here, we, we acknowledge it, but are we actually communicating that with our faith? And that is where the rubber meets the road. So Dave, you acknowledge me, but your faith is saying something different. Because your faith is acknowledging what the word says, just your head is. So, so you have two, two issues here. So you know, you're, not, you're not tethered together. He's like, you may think you are responding to me, but you clearly aren't because your faith isn't communicating to me that your faith knows what to do at all. It says your faith right now is in your education. Your faith is in what you think you know. Your faith may be in, in your parents your siblings, your, your family, your job. He said, but your faith sure as heck is not in me. He said, so I'll ask you again, what's your response? Lord, I, you know what, I, I don't have an answer for you right now. Because I, I'm, I'm confused. Because everything that I think I know to be true, I, I clearly haven't been doing the, the right thing by you. It's like communication with your faith is key. I said, okay, Lord, show me what I need to do. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. We know 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We know it very well. I'm going to read this a, a couple ways for you. So 2 Corinthians 4 and, uh, and 13 in the King James Version says, We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Said so we, we also believe and we also speak. Let's see, the, the new living here says that we know, we know God. I believed in God, so I spoke. Hmm. I believed in God, so I spoke. I'm like, okay. He's like, so what are you really, really, really believing? What are you really, really, really believing, Dave? And what are you speaking? So, so when you continue to study this out, your speech or your speaking has to be a byproduct of the faith that you believe. And so many times we're doing this in reverse. 
we're speaking because we should speak, but we're not really believing. And therefore, your faith is not effectual. Therefore, your faith is not impactful because we're doing the process wrong. We are sitting there trying to convince, sorry, <laughs> we are sitting there trying to convince ourselves that, yes, we believe all of this by speaking it first, and then maybe our heart will believe it. But your heart needs to believe it first because then you can speak with conviction. See, now you're ahead of me. So I'm like, Lord, you, you showing me a lot today. He said, yeah, let's go to Psalms 116, verse 10. Because when you, when, you read the, when you read 2 Corinthians, it's referencing Psalms 116. Because it talks about, well, I believe like the psalmist believe. So the psalmist did it, so it's got to work for me. So when you read Psalms 116 and 10 in the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Classic, it says, I believed, trusted in, relied on, and clung to my God, and therefore I have spoken. Even when I said I'm greatly afflicted, I still believe, trusted, and relied on my God. Now, we talk about this verse all the time. We believe and we speak, and we sing the song, and we can do anything, exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think, and we love it. And the thing that people forget is this last part right here. It says, even when I'm at my worst, even when all, all conditions are not favorable, I still will continue to trust, rely on, and cling on him. Even when everything is telling me not to. He said, now that's having a heart for me. It talks about to cling on to or to cleave. You know what a cleaver does? It's heavy. It causes damage when it's swung. Because it's meant to either obliterate what it hits or to make a deep impact so I can stick where I'm staying. He's like, I need you to cleave on to me, not with just your head, not with just your lips, but I need you to cleave to me with your heart. Now, you mentioned out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Now, I'll show you a verse here later on. It says, listen, I don't even need you to worry about your words because if you get me in your heart, I will take care of your words for you. Said so you don't have to manufacture this relationship, it'll just be honest because it'll be deep seated in your heart. And then every word that you speak out of the abundance of your heart will be my word. So it's foolproof if you get me on the inside of your heart. Said so when he's talking about respond to me and put your faith into action and make sure that it's communicating that you acknowledge all of the good things that I have, what he wants is for your heart to do that. And then everything else will follow. That's right. Matthew 6, and it talks about seek me first. Yeah. Seek me first with your heart. Yeah. Said, and then everything else will take care of itself. Right. He's like, so your response to me, Dave, just shouldn't be from your lips. Said, but your response to me needs to be from your, your heart. Right. Said, Lord, I understand now. I understand. I understand. Putting your faith into action is how we respond to his promises. Having our faith speak is how we respond to him and his promises. But you can't put your faith into action if your heart is not set properly. 
because your faith has to live out of your heart and not just out of your mouth. And we receive the faith message and we understand God created the very world from words of faith that he spoke. But we've been trying to speak words of faith out of our head and not our heart. So Dave, if you understand this heart issue, he said loving people will become easy because it takes your head and your mouth out of it because you'll just love them from your heart. So we talked about, oh my God, it's so hard to love people. No, it's really not. If you love them the way you're supposed to. If you love them the way God wants you to love people. Because he, he didn't say, I want you to love them with all of your mind. He said, don't try to fake it with your brain. He said, I actually want you to love people with your heart. Where your seat of understanding and belief is located in your heart. If you apply every single biblical principle written within the two leather covers of your Bible with your heart first and not your head, you will see your life change. I'm saying instantaneously. Because so long the word has lived in our head and not our heart. That's why it says, thy word have I hidden, not in my brain, not in my mouth. He said, I've hid it in my heart. Because that's how God communicates with you. With your heart. That is how we need to respond to God. Not with just some show of, of, of flights of fancy. Lord, I'm responding to you with my heart. Because that's what you're looking at. See, he looks at you and the way your heart is, and he knows that's the true person that you are. Because we've all been taught to fake it. Listen, I can fake happy. Trust me. I can fake happy. I can fake contentment. I can fake joy. I can fake uh, being prosperous. I can fake all of those things. Because I can tell my body and my, 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 my mode of speech and, and how I carry myself to fake all of those things. So, but God's like, I see past that. Yes. I'm looking at your heart. Yes. I said, I'm looking at your heart. Yes. And so many of us are not responding to God with our heart, but just with our head. So, it's not even so much a, ma- a matter of what's your response. It's really a matter of how are you responding. That's it. So, Lord, I need to acknowledge you. I need to believe you, not just with my head, but in, deep down in my heart. And if I have you deep down in my heart and I believe you in my heart, then speaking your words of faith and affirmation all of the time becomes second nature. Because I don't have to manufacture this thing because it's actually real. Okay, Lord. I can do that. So make your lips second place and your heart first. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. So Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to go to the 19th verse. I'm going to read this in the Message Bible. I'm going 19 to, to 23, and it's, it's a lot, so forgive me. But I, I feel as if um, I should present you with factual evidence as opposed to my own opinion. So Matthew 6 in the Message, it says, A life of God worship. Now, we, we know what Matthew 6 and 19 all this says, but this is an interesting take. 
says, don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rusts, or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place where you will most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows into your body. And if you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. And if you live squinting-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. We as believers are living with the blinds shut on our very life. Refusing to see or acknowledging what God has. Refusing to do the bare minimum. We are living a blind existence when all he wants you to do is open up your eyes wide to my wonder and believe. Hmm. Okay. Verse 21 in the King James Version says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I like where it says, your heart is going to take you to this place. Your heart is going to lead you to where your treasure is. That's where you want to be, so guess what? It's going to take you there. So when you examine your life right now, the tapestry of your life is woven by elements of what's in your treasure box. Your life right now is literally stitched together by all of the things that you found dear that you tucked inside your heart. The New Living talks about your heart is the place where you hold everything most dear. And if God the Father isn't the thing that you treasure most and hold most dear and cling to, then he's not going to be in your treasure box. And you can't get to the place that he wants you to go because your heart is filled with something else and it's taking you to a place that you don't want to be. Your internal GPS is disconnected. Said, Dave, you're responding to me improperly because you're not responding to me with your heart. And when you do respond to me with your heart, it's filled with all the things that I don't want inside of it. Hmm. I mean, we talked about it last week. We said that faith speaks, right? So faith speaks out of your heart, right? So you experience all the things that you have spoken. So what you're living now, at some point in time, was deep-seated in your heart and was spoken out of your heart into existence to create the world that you're living in right now. Now, that sounds really confusing, and if you have time, you can certainly go back and listen to it. But think about that for just a moment, that he is imploring you right now just to get your heart right. right. So get your heart right. Said so because your heart needs to respond to me in faith, your heart needs to be connected with me all of the time because that is how I can tell you where to go. So that if your heart is filled with the right treasures, said so I will make sure that your lips speak the right words so that you can receive the right things from God. 
but you have to be willing to do it. You have to be willing to do it. So, Lord, you know what? It, okay. All right, I like that. Matthew 12 and 24, and 34, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, and um, Elder DeVita beat me to it. It says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right? Look at verse 35. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. Verse 37 says, For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. By your words and your reaction is how you're going to be either justified or you're going to be condemned. We just spoke about it a minute ago. So, so if you have a good treasure in your treasure box, you're going to have a really good life. You're going to have the good life that he wants you to have. So you know what, Lord? That makes sense to me, and it's so very clear and I think we've been going down the right road. We've just had the sequence out of order. He's like, just get your heart right first. He said, and then your life, your existence becomes that much easier. And people always talk about how difficult it is to serve God. Oh, it's so hard. It's, it's, it's all about restriction. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't say this. I can't go there. I can't do all of these things. Can't, 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 can't. Because you're trying to rationalize your existence with your brain and not with your heart. Like, no, serving God's easy. Yep. All you got to do is just believe him you with your heart. Right. Serve God like he wants you to. Yeah. Serve God even as if he was never going to give you anything else ever again. Mm-hmm. Serve God because he's God. Yeah. Serve God because he wants you to have a true heart. I think the word says that the folks that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You have to be true. But the only place the truth lives is not in your head, not in your mouth, but the truth resides in your heart. So if your heart is not true, then your words are not true. If your heart is not true, then your thoughts are not true. If all of those things are not true and in lockstep with each other, then your entire existence is false. So even when you want to do the right thing, you can't do the right thing because the system is set up for you to fail because you won't let your heart in on the game. All right, Lord, I got you. Proverbs 16. I got four minutes. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you are hearing what I am saying to you today. So Proverbs 16 and I'm reading this in the Amplified Bible, not the Amplified Classic, so what we're going to say here is going to be a little different. But it says, The plans and reflections of the heart belong to man, but the wise answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clear and innocent in his own eyes, and he may see nothing wrong with his actions. We've like, no, Lord, what we're doing is good, right? 
But the Lord weighs and examines the motives and intents of the heart and knows the truth. Commit your works to the Lord, submit and trust them to him, and your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. And there we go with responding one more time. He said, your plans and your reflections of the heart belong to man. So, but God's going to see what's really inside there. And right now, you need to make sure that your reflection reflects his will for your life. Make sure that your reflection reflects his will for your life. So you don't see two different images when you stand before him. So you can say, no, I see you. I see you. I don't see all this other nonsense, but I see you. And I see your heart, and I see what you truly want from me. I truly want to serve you. I truly want to be connected to you, Lord. I truly want to serve you with all of my heart, soul, and mind, with my heart being the priority. This is what I want, Lord. This is what I want from you. Verse 9, it says, A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. A divine decision given by God is on the lips of the king as his representative. God's defined, his defined and his divine decision for you rests on your lips as his representative. But God's own, the only way this happens is if you allow him to speak to you in your heart. He said, you know, I like your, your mind's plan, you know, a man's mind plans his ways. He said, but the Lord's going to establish all of those steps. But he can't do that if you don't respond to him heart to heart. Yeah. The pastor says this all the time, heart to heart and breast to breast. Yeah. Not mouth to mouth. It's heart to heart. Because that's where the true connection comes from. So, so what we have to establish here is how we're going to respond to God. Yes, I'm responding to you, Lord, because I believe everything that you said in your word. Yes, I'm going to respond to you because I'm going to make every effort to respond to those promises that you've given to me. So, but more importantly, I'm going to respond to you with my heart first. Not just my head. Because I don't care about my head right now. I care about my heart. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to guard my heart. I want to guard my heart. So if you take nothing away from what we've talked about these last two Sundays, guard your heart. And make every effort to respond to God's promises with your heart. Because that's how you receive all that God has. That's what makes your life easier by responding with your heart with your heart. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Like that, run around in your heart. It's because I don't want it to run around in your head. I want it to run around in your heart. I want this word to penetrate your heart. I want it to cleave into your heart. Because I guarantee you, if you do this, if you understand how important this heart relationship is to responding to God, 
everything else falls into place. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.